0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's another live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. When m says they're going long, they aren't just talking yardage. They're talking retirement, too. Save for the future you've dreamed of with m Bank member FDIC. Our partners, Impossible. So appreciative of them. Everything they have done for us here at KC is in. Thank you to Emprise Bank member FDIC. Uh, and thank you to my dear pals for joining me today. First, find them on Twitter at Chief of Carolina, Maddie Lane. How like how how are you? How are we feeling today?
2: Well, actually, Kent, not thank you for asking. It's it's been a rough go. Um, not only did the Chiefs lose yesterday, when I went to bed, it was like sixty degrees here, and when I woke up, it was like twenty four degrees with twenty five <laughs> mile an hour winds, like three inches of snow on the ground. I had to sprint outside, cuddle up, all, cover up all the animals. There's open windows in the chicken coop. The pigs have no walls in their house because they keep breaking it, and while you guys play your small violins, that's okay. No, that's okay. You're going to feel real bad here in a second, okay? I'm going to lock my ducks up tonight. All the snow on the roof is making it collapse. I'm having to hold it up Aww. so it doesn't fall on top of me and them as I kick them out and lock them out of their house. So, yeah, play your small violins, Kent. Now you're going to feel bad. I feel bad for the animals.
3: I do. I feel really bad for the animals. It's okay. No roof and
2: snow on yeah. my head. No big deal, guys. No, yeah, no, no. no I'd, I'd right. I I believe
3: that, that you'll be fine, Maddie. I, I've i seen you endure hardships before. You're good. You look buddy. okay. You're good. You look, you look great, okay. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> Can't say the same about the, the Chiefs
3: wings. yesterday, unfortunately. Yikes. Lose the game to the Bengals. Kent, let's get into it, buddy. Do we have to? We do have to. <laughs> This is, just, I mean, it's a big deal. We have to.
1: <laughs> this is, yeah. This was painful. Uh, I, 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 We were talking yesterday uh, after the game, just like we're we're always we're in a DM all the time, uh, and this one hurt for just so many reasons. Like you just look at it. You look at how how hard this team fought to get out of the hole they dug themselves in to be two games up on about everybody except for one team who is running on fumes to the finish line. That's the Tennessee Titans. And the Chiefs needed to run the table. They needed to uh, participate in 60 minutes of fairly officiated football. Uh, They needed to execute defensively better. They needed to execute offensively better in the second half, and they didn't do it. And now a lot of beautiful opportunities have been about eliminated the the Titans and the Texans play in week 18 and the go Titans Texans. have go Texans, but the Titans the Texans have a lot or the Titans have a lot to lose. Ask the Chargers Literally, about
2: that Texans team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know.
1: And it's in, it's in Houston, but I'm not even going to try to get my hopes up. There is just way too much on the line for the Tennessee Titans, uh, who will potentially be the worst one seed. Uh, I can remember, but, um, yeah, it's just a really painful, it's a really painful loss. For a lot of different reasons, especially considering a lot was kind of out of their control with the rest. already talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. First of all, everybody, listen. Gear,
2: gear. this is gonna be a sixty-minute. It's us not beat around the bush. It's gonna be a long show. There's a lot to unpack about this game mm-hmm. and moving forward. Sixty minutes can't. I'm sorry, you can close your eyes down a little bit. This is gonna be a long one. All right. The people want it; they're gonna get it. Secondly. Yeah, the refs were bad. The refs were really, really, really bad. I know Kent has a lot more harsh feelings on the refs than I do. I I think the refs very clearly played a role in how this game went down. But uh, I think it's more on the Chiefs for allowing themselves to be in that position than it was the bad calls the referees make. I will say this, though. How you miss three false starts, that's what really gets me. Like, we can go into how bad the hands of the face was on LeJarius Sneed or the defensive pass interference on Sneed, which was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Ever. But it's the three false starts that really got me. Like, how do you miss three false starts? One of which you called encroachment on the Chiefs on somehow. Like you that's that's just wild. And I don't even think those were the biggest plays. Like none of those three missed false starts impacted the game as much as some of the other calls. But it's just uh, those three were bad.
1: The last one the last one was real bad because they were on the one inch yard line, milking the last three minutes of the game, and that puts them in a very difficult third and five situation. They were going to make it. You seen this defense? (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to throw a fade outside the numbers, thirty yards down the field from the five yard line. (laughs) They'd find a way. They probably would. I, I I think. I'm sorry. I think. I think the outcome of the game was affected by the by the by the ref be officiating. I mean, Craig. I think you had a stat like something about. I saw you on Twitter today. Something about how many first. third and fourth down stops this team got that were negated by some kind of penalty what was it
3: yeah it's four uh stops essentially uh (laughs) three third downs and a you know a fourth down there at the end of the game there those drives ended up being extended and the uh the Bengals were able to score 20 points on those drives 20. now some of those, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say that all of those are bad. Certainly, the the one right before the half that Rashad Fenton had was decidedly pass interference. The very first one was incredibly soft. Now I've seen it called before, but incredibly soft. So I, I can even take those two, throw them out the window. Man, you give me that one, Legarius Need one. That's the very first play of the fourth quarter. The Chiefs are winning by four at that point. That ball is nowhere near the receiver. Receiver's not even looking for it. Legereus Sneed has his eyes in the backfield working through the receiver. It's more offensive pass interference than it is defensive pass interference. And they call it on Sneed. That extends the drive. That was on the 21-yard line. It was a third and three. There is I'm pretty there sure T. No Higgins chance.
2: just thought he was running a clear-out route.
3: I don't think yes. he even he absolutely contemplated did. the football
2: mm-hmm. was coming to him. He was just Correct. jogging through his route, and Sneed just happened to play the football. That was bad.
3: Yeah, that's on the 21-yard line. The, that's on the, the Bengals' own 21-yard line. They're punting that football away. They're not going for it on fourth and three. Down four. That's not that's not what's going to happen. So The Chiefs are going to get that ball, and they're going to lean on the run game, like they did in parts of the second half. Now, does that change the game? You know, immeasurably, who knows? But it does alter what happened on that very next play. They go deep. They beat Charvarius Ward. They go down the field. They score. Obviously, defense needs to step up in that scenario. They didn't. Like I'm not going to say that they that they were great in that scenario, but that's a game changer right there. Defense shows up. Gets a three and out, and an, you know, an unequivocal three and out there, and it just gets wiped off the board. Like, we're sitting here talking about Spax's game plan, about everything. You know, we'll get into the defense and stuff like that later. Oh, we will. <laughs> the narrative entirely changes if a crew that is maybe a little more forgiving of some handsiness in the secondary. If they do that, this game is completely tilted the other way or, we're talking about a blowout like it, it really is one of those scenarios so it sucks to see it factor in that much defense still has to play better than they did. don't get me wrong but man when you're trying to when you're trying to fight through that stuff and you're having to fight through those sorts of calls and those sorts of plays, it's rough
1: an officiating crew that was slapped together midweek it was mm-hmm. I mean that okay. All right, yeah, sure. Last time we saw that was Rams Chiefs in 2018. Weird. All star game. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't like look, I'm not I I don't think I would be on here talking about the officiating if it was one instance. Like I don't really think like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out of my way to blame. I probably
3: wouldn't for like three. I mean, like, <laughs> there there are errors. No, let's be clear here. Yeah. We can point to all sorts yeah. of things that happen in any given game.
1: Yeah. It's not it's not that there was, like, one egregious mistake that really affected the outcome of the game. That's not where I come from. And that's not where, like, that's what, I try to be relatively level, level-headed on that. It's just the volume of plays that went in the favor of the Bengals. That's what makes me feel like this game was affected the result of the game was affected by the by the officiating it's the volume because the volume of of inconsistencies in this game was egregious it was embarrassing andy can't get fined or andy can get fined i can't they sucked they were horrible it was the worst i've seen all year and that's a banner that's a banner to hang because the officiating in 2021 has been embarrassing. I don't know why these guys have full-time jobs and ref on the side. Just yeah. make them full-time employees because they are making way too many mistakes. <laughs> this is just, its it was a colossal embarrassment. They're, How do you but, feel about this Kent? I told
2: BJ this in the live show, but I'm going to drive it home again. Now the same side judge called both Rashad and pass interferences, but Lajarius needs pass interference and Legereus needs personal foul of tackling Jamar Chase through the whistle, I guess. And he misspotted the ball at least three times in the game. Now, I can't say he's missed any of the false starts, but I do know the same guy made all of those mistakes. How does that make you feel?
3: Worse.
1: No. <laughs> One guy did
2: Wait, those.
3: To, to be fair, at least he was consistent with his badness. Like, let's be real here. The man was consistent with his, with his terrible calls. It just
1: feels even more blatant.
2: He probably is the one that called Jesse Bates, too. He would have been on that side of the fourth <laughs> quarter. So he probably called Jesse Bates yeah. pass
1: interference on Travis Kelsey, too, which was True. a pretty soft
2: pass
3: It was bad. It was bad, too. So yeah. It was really at least
1: bad. it went both ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. It didn't. There was too many if he calls that went in his favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, yeah, so, like, I look, I, I, I just, it drove me nuts. It was infuriating. And I'm not trying to absolve the Chiefs of issues because they had their issues. Yeah. Um, it's just that it's just that like that off the, off the top is just so immensely frustrating, and I don't think like I think the Chiefs didn't need to. But what what was that Chiefs game? A C a C game?
3: Ooh, uh, C plus offense? offense was better than a C. Probably yeah. A B, we can talk. We can B- talk minus. about the second half there being pretty bad, but the offense was clicking. They were humming in that first half. Uh, defense C ish. Yeah,
1: let's go a B B minus game. B plus B B plus. Yeah. I'm giving them a the B
2: range, but it was like a, a leisure B. It's like they knew they knew the material, so they just kind of <laughs> slept walk through it and just still got a B without actually trying. Cause boy, offensively and defensively, I think there was some times where you could see guys were were weren't giving 110%. They're like, hey, we've been here before. I think especially early in the game, it mm-hmm. felt like they were in control offensively. Defensively, I think they felt like they had the right kind of general answers that they thought they were gonna win. I think we even saw that in the second half. We're going to talk all this later. But, like, I think you saw it in the second half that she said, instead of continuing doing what we're doing, we're going to let up a little bit and just rely on our physicality and our run game to milk this one out. So like, I think they, were, they weren't they were going lackluster, but I don't think they were giving it their all from top to bottom throughout the entire game. So, like, I think good B-ish game just without them trying their absolute hardest. Like, it was, I, I don't know, it's weird to say.
1: My point is that was good enough to win and probably win handily, I think. I seriously think that I, I think a few plays in the, in the refereeing, the outcome is just drastically different. Let's just talk about the offense first because, uh, they three and out to start the game and then they proceeded to score four straight touchdowns in the first half with scorched earth. Mahomes was absolutely dealing and you know, and then, and then, and then he throws a 70 yard air yard throw across the hashes. Into the hands of Tyreek Hill, who drops it. Hits him uh, with a nipple. Which, which would have which netted them at least three points. Mm-hmm. And very likely, I mean, look, they would have had a shot or two in the end zone, too. From, like, the five or the ten. Like, there was a shot that they they would have had a chance to, to maybe try to punch it in there, too. So, um, Mahomes was insane. I think he had 200 yards passing or 220 in the first half. It could have been 280. With that with that Tyreek Hill catch too. So I they were they were outstanding. The execution was outstanding. The play calling was outstanding in the first half. I mean, let's just start with the first half. Let's start with the good here a little bit. That at least gives you some confidence moving forward that this offense is starting to figure some things out, Matty. I mean
2: they they had a reeling. They had the they had the Bengals defense absolutely reeling from the very beginning. If there was yeah, I know. They started with a three and out, and there was some, you know, some weird stuff that kind of happened on that, that drive. But then after that, everything was coming up Chiefs. So they were getting them on double moves. They were getting them going towards the sideline over the middle of the field, the short game, Mahomes extending plays, the running game was working. Literally everything was working in the first half of the Chiefs. And then like more than anything else, like I don't know if there's even too much deeper that needs to go. The one thing that mattered the most, Patrick Mahomes was feeling it. Like You saw it from the get-go. I believe he had the one pass to Travis Kelsey that got negated by a penalty. And I don't remember what the penalty was, but it came back. But he was feeling it after that throw. Then he immediately comes back and hits that no-look pass to Blake Bell. It was the, mm. like a play after or the mm. very next play. And mm. like it's just he was he was all over. He had every answer they possibly could have had. Like his stats could have looked even better if that other ball, the hit Tyree kill on the face piece, was caught and he didn't drop that one too in the end zone, which ended up the Chiefs ended up scoring. But like he was killing the Bengals in the first half. He was by far the better quarterback through one half. I would say Patrick Mahomes' first half was better than Joe Burrow's second half even. And the stats Easy. might not Easy. say it. Because don't Burrow put up a lot of production. But Patrick Mahomes was the best player on the field in that first half. I don't think there was anything the Bengals could have done to slow them down. I actually think if Tyreek Hill brings in that long pass, even if it's just a field goal, well, I believe they're scoring a touchdown. But even if it was just the field goal, I really do think that game is over right then and there. I think that breaks the Bengals' spirit. I think that ends the game right then and there. Unfortunately, he dropped the ball, and then we got the second half. We're, we're going to get there later.
3: Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, the touchdown by Byron Pringle. Excellent special teams run back there that went for a touchdown right before that launch. Long- they- Talk about all the things that the Chiefs did to shoot themselves in the foot there, but they were largely – clinical yeah i know another flag but they were <laughs> largely clinical by you know in the first half they really were they felt inevitable they really did every time they got the ball they were going down there and they were scoring the Bengals started to figure out the chiefs defense a little bit and they just kept giving the ball back to the chiefs and the chiefs would just answer whatever it was that the Bengals was doing were doing they would answer even more so because the chiefs held the Bengals to a field goal there at the end of the second half. Then the Chiefs' special team scored a touchdown. They got called back and the chiefs almost had another one that went for that. So like, it's, it's one of those that you look at this performance and, you know, on the whole, again, second half, not good, but that first half was about as good a football as we've seen this offense play this year within, you know, the understanding that the chiefs were down you know, multiple offensive linemen. They they had guys playing out of position, Joe Tooney at left tackle. You had Nick Allegretti at left guard, you had Andrew Wiley once again filling over at right tackle. Like this was an awesome performance by these guys missing starters, having some execution issues still, but it still felt like when they got to third downs, when it, it felt like when they got to those scenarios like that first and 20 that Maddie's referencing there after that mm. penalty. That that no look throw to Blake Belt, that, that just felt like, oh, this is it. This was this is the Chiefs offense. And that's it. We've said that a lot over the past three weeks now. Like it, it it feels consistent. Yes, they are playing within a structure. Yes, it's not exactly the same, but there's enough glimpses of that happening right now to where you can get really excited about the things that they're putting on tape, the things that they're doing at the right moment here. That first half which is, it really was terrific.
1: You know, this game was a doozy when we are 20 minutes into this show and we haven't even talked about the fact that the Chiefs were on their third offensive ta- left tackle. I mean, that's <laughs> remarkable. And <laughs> I look. And they didn't allow a sack. Four pressures. I mean, jo- it, it's, yeah. Is Joe Tooney, the, like Joe Tooney might be the best left tackle on this football team. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Like, it, you, you. it was an afterthought along that offensive line that they were dealing with the kind of attrition that that they were dealing with. I mentioned this on the KCSN live post game show, and it's a credit to Brett Veach because Brett Veach goes out and aggressively corrects the thing that he thinks kept his team from winning a Super Bowl. Last year, the Chiefs lost their two starting tackles. And so they lost him to injury. What did he go do? He... Bolstered the depth and he grabbed a guy in Joe Tooney who has who can play left tackle in a pinch if a disaster strikes at your tackle position. So they paid him a lot of money and he slid in to play left tackle and was outstanding to uh, yesterday. Uh, and like that, that depth that they built has been tested this week and they answered the bell all year, all year, all year, tested throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, Lucas Yang's been missing a lot of time, which. Man, that's that sucks, and now he's gonna miss the entire year this year. So he's yeah. using his NFL career, and man, he's that's 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 tough. Um, but I mean, the fact that Joe Tooney's here is is you can go to battle with with Joe Tooney at left tackle. There's no doubt about it in my mind, and uh, that that was a really that was really encouraging to see. Maddie, thoughts on Joe Tooney's second watch?
2: Uh, it, I thought he was good. Yes, he was very good. Um, I think there are have slight concerns with his ability to hold up against longer pass rushers, guys that are going to play with power and length, because there are some instances, whether he's playing on the inside or a couple times a tackle where he was bull rushed into the pocket a little bit. And that's just such a big no-no for Andy Reid and Andy Heck. Like you can't lose that way as an offensive tackle. So then that's kind of been the issue with Lucas Niang when he has been healthy is where he gets beat has been on the inside a lot. So I think that's one concern you have with Tooney playing on the outside. However, I think he put together the best performance when you consider who he was going up against at left tackle for the Chiefs this year. So I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth with that one. It's just he was going up against a good competition. It just happened to be a guy that would play perfectly into his style, a guy that tries to beat you with his hands and with his energy and his motor and doesn't happen to have a lot of length. Tooney did a really good job against Trey Hendrickson, who's given a lot of guys fits this year. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs do going forward. I can see from a stylistic point of view how he would make sense. He's a good athlete. He can get out in space. He can do a lot of what Andy Reid used to do with Eric Fisher in terms of getting in space, in terms of run blocking at tackle. He just doesn't have anywhere close to the size or the power that Andy has preferred out of offensive tackle. So it's going to be interesting to see where they want to go with him. Hopefully Orlando Brown is healthy. I mean, you don't want to ever see him, you know, go down. I think he has been playing better too. So mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. We're talking about Joe Tooney. The guy replacing him, Nick Allegretti, I think had a quality game too. Oh I'm yeah. not the, I don't think Nick Allegretti's played that great when he's been put into the lineup for the Chiefs. I think there's been some very clear issues, especially in pass protection or getting out in space. But in this game, I think they protected him a little bit. And maybe that's part of the second half offensive issues. But... I do think that he he acquitted himself really well and had some really nice run blocks going down the field.
3: Yeah, no, he moved bodies in the run game. He blew some holes open. It was it was great. It was great to watch that. I, I just uh, uh, yeah. Let's let's get into the second half. Let's get into the second. Kent, you you start we here. Have get, to. get us. Yeah, yeah. We do we do because it's it's one of the major talking points here. It's one of the reasons why they ended up losing this game. Chiefs get three possessions. They put. Three total points on the board. Yes, there's a three and out. Yes, there was a penalty. There were some drops. Kent, how how did you feel about the second half often on the rewatch? It's tough. Um, three possessions
1: is just like I, I don't want to just I I'm gonna look at it from just like a big picture. Like, three possessions is not a lot, and a lot and <laughs> one little thing going wrong in one possession. You know, in two of your three possessions can just drastically affect the outcome of that game. You know, and that's what happened because the Chiefs were hot as all get out in the first half. And then the, the possessions, the possession number got reduced really significantly. That's a credit to the Bengals for extending drives. It's a credit to the refs for extending drives. Uh, but, you know, when, when you get when you get that few of uh, of opportunities, you got to capitalize. you got to maximize them. And I look at, you know, the Travis. There's a Travis Kelsey drop. That was that was big. I look at red zone offense and they stalled out in the the red zone. It wound up being a major factor in this game. Uh, And I I, I think, you know, you, you got to execute down in the red zone, especially when there's so many few opportunities. And that's really one of the biggest things, four points off the board there too. So um, that was really disappointing to see um that's the one i'm that's the, really the one i'm holding on to like i'm holding on the kelsey drop one i'm holding on to the to the to the red zone possession too like that was that wasn't great craig
2: should i rile kent up even more real quick
3: do it let's do the it other, let's rile him the, up
2: the other third down was taken away by an andrew wiley holding penalty when there were oh a stands jabbed up into his face now if it makes you feel better tyree Kill 100 million percent had an illegal motion because he was not checked into this game whatsoever so yeah. like it doesn't matter anyway. Like there was. It was going to come back.
3: It was going to come yeah, back either way. It was way, at, at yeah. least a
2: no a no play kind of thing. So anyway, um, besides the point. But uh, yeah, the second half offense not not great. Um, and I thought that they tried to run the ball more in the second half than they maybe did the first half, but it still sat right around forty percent rush rate versus sixty percent pass. So they didn't try to run the ball more. It just felt like it was a lot closer because there was so many less plays, and I think it was the way it played out a couple times it seemed like the chiefs would run on first down run on second down and be like okay now patrick Mahomes complete this third down pass that
1: was absolutely part of it
2: yeah absolutely that's just not not the way the chiefs run their offense it's that's not you don't want to pound the rock pound the rock and then say okay patrick Mahomes make this perfect timing throw because that's not the style of quarterback he is that's not when this offense is humming the best again look at the first half they're slinging the ball all around the yard When did they do that in the second half? It wasn't until they, hey, look, had a drive that started to go down the field. And then that's because they were throwing the ball a little bit. So I think that's part of it. And so the rushing attack was really good. The Chiefs averaged, what, over six yards per rush in this game? They were running the ball up and down the field of the Bengals. The running game was working. This was, if you want the Chiefs to run the football more, you 100% show this second half or this whole game and say, hey, look, the Chiefs can run the ball and dominate another team, especially a less physical team. Here is the example. The problem is the second half they couldn't score any points. They literally couldn't score any points doing that. And you can blame a Travis Kelsey drop. You can blame whatever happened on that third and nine where Patrick Mahomes. won. Well, okay, one. Byron Pringle ran the worst out route I've seen in a hot minute besides from Michael Hardman. It was he did not get back at all out of his break. It almost cost them a pick six. But that was third and nine. They weren't going to complete it anyway. It's just. the offense didn't seem to be in sync because they were trying to pound the rock. They weren't spreading the Bengals' defense out vertically anymore. There was no more vertical element in the second half of this game. And I think that really started to sting the Chiefs. Then you get into that red zone. The red zone. That was the bad one. You want to know why? I went back and watched. Every single, every single third down, the Bengals brought pressure. Now, they usually brought a blitz and then had a defensive end drop out on the other side. It was a zone blitz. But they were bringing an extra person every single third down, then dropping someone out. When they were showing cover zero in the red zone, I don't know if the Chiefs just assumed they were going to drop out again. I don't know what, but they very clearly said, hey, we're bringing pressure, and the Chiefs had no answer. Mm -hmm. They didn't have any answer. It looked like, to me, when Patrick Mahomes realized everyone was coming and no one was dropping out, he looked for Tyree Kill to be his outlet, and Tyree Kill was still carrying up the field. There was nowhere to throw the football. No receiver made himself open early. The only option was the shallow cross, but that's where Mahomes worked away from assuming they were going to drop back into it. It's like, I think that's yeah, a bad play.
1: I think they yeah. might. There was one. I, th- I think they're like you might have, Kelsey might have come uncovered uh, up top of the boundary. Yeah, but, but that you're working behind
2: the blitz though. That yeah. They had that side protected. They right. wanted He wanted to work behind no, the blitz. I know. Blitz. The, I know. Yeah, they, now I'm just trying to explain to everybody else. He's yeah. trying to work behind Bates, who's uncovered. <laughs> and I think Tyreek Hill is supposed to get out quicker. Like instead of making it a five yard speed out, he ran about eight yards. And you can see when Mahomes went over to him, he was still running vertically. And like just that play. That small execution misstep right there on something, that killed them. That They needed mm-hmm. a touchdown. They, they needed to convert that play. The Bengals threw a slight curveball, but it wasn't out of left field. They were blitzing somebody every single third down. I feel like it's the Chiefs should have been a little bit more prepared for that, and they just weren't. And it's just, again, it goes back to they just seemed slightly out of sync throughout the entire second half, and, and that hurt. you. We can talk whatever we want about the defense, about the refs, whatever you want. They scored three points in the second half versus Cincinnati Bengals defense. That's not a good deal. No bad defense. We can excuse it away as much as we want three points against the Bengals. Defense is not good enough to win a playoff game. That's like that performance in the second half is not good enough to win a playoff game by the offense. They have to be better than that going forward. If they want to make a dent in the playoffs.
3: Yeah. I mean, as good as they were in the first half, they they struggled with execution in the second half, whatever the case may be. Like, like Maddie said, like everybody's talking about the, you know, the Andrew Wiley holding penalty that you know would have set the chiefs up on the 30 yard line, but it didn't, matter. Tyreek Hill was bringing that one back too because of an execution error. You had a drop in that you had everybody not being on the same page in the red zone against a zero blitz. Like these are the things that the chiefs, you know, early on in the season that we maybe struggling with a little bit, maybe not in the first four weeks, but like weeks five through like 10, they were really struggling hard with some of this stuff. And it just seemed like it was on the upswing. And especially when you compare it to that first half, when you see, yeah, there were some drops still on that scenario. Yeah, there were a couple of execution errors, but then everything after that was easy. Like it was just minor speed bumps in the way of easy, effortless moving the ball. And then you go to the second half. Like you said, you play a little more conservative. You try and shorten the game up a little bit, which I mean, we talk about the three possessions all the time. They did it to themselves. They really did.
1: (laughs) And some of the in some of the run game, you know, qualms that we had, uh, the only possession that they really scored was that final possession. So mm-hmm. they were playing from ahead those first two possessions Correct. that resulted in punts. A little game management. Hey, we have the lead kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not something we're we're not accustomed we're we're accustomed to that here in Kansas City a we little are. bit with Andy.
3: We are. And unfortunately, you know, just the execution wasn't there at all. They needed to move the ball. The Bengals, you know, the chiefs did come up with the stop. They forced a punt on defense on the opposite side of the ball. They they really did and had some really long drives that they were a part of on defense. Chiefs offense needed to help them out. We've seen throughout the year here when one side of the ball is not playing particularly well, the other side of the ball has helped them out. And that's part of why they were able to rattle off this win streak here. And it, it, neither side of the ball, Wanted to help the other one out. But you know who's going to help you out? Our good pals at Macadoodles. Now coming to Lee's Summit in summer of this year. We're in 2022 officially. This year, Kansas City is getting a Macadoodles. You're going to want to go there because they are going to help you out. They're going to give you the best recommendation that you can possibly get for any of your alcohol sales. Like you want to go there to ask these people and say, Hey, listen, I like this. I like this. I like this. They're going to say, guess what? You're going to love this. You're going to take it home and they're going to be right. That's going to be the best part. And it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. They're going to have an awesome selection. So not only do we need this one to really get there in Lee summit, we need more of them throughout the kansas city area or wherever you might be so if you're a franchisee get a hold of roger info at macadoodles.com and let him help you help everybody else
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: Do you guys want to keep this wholesome content uh, little little segment here going real quick before we start talking about the defense?
2: I got one more offensive thing. So, yeah, go ahead. You get No, your you defense.
1: go first. You go first. Okay. Let's,
2: let's just talk about general philosophy. How come every other team the Chiefs face seems to trust their quarterback more than the Chiefs want to trust their quarterback when the game's on the line? Last time I checked, the Chiefs have Patrick LeVon Mahomes <laughs> at the helm, who's – Better than any other quarterback in the league. Okay, you want to tell me that Aaron Rodgers is playing better this year? I'm not going to argue. He's been great. But Patrick Mahomes, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the NFL right now. How come it seems like the Chiefs are far more content trying to run out clock or to let their defense make a stop even when they're not really showing the ability to do so in a particular game? It just seems like this issue's come up more than once this year. This isn't the first game where it just kind of seems like the Chiefs have played a little too conservative down the stretch. Or it seems like they've gone and made, like, time management decisions to not give him the chance to play football. The defenses made or taken miscalculated risks that have not given him a chance to come back and win the game. When will they learn that they have Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback and to trust him? Because I'll tell you what, the Bengals were not going to give their defense a chance to lose this game. That ball was going to live and die by Joe <laughs> Burrow's hands. The Chiefs, I don't feel like they do the same. I just don't feel like they have that same kind of urgency through playing through their quarterback. And I don't get it when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. I really don't.
3: It's, I don't it, uh, yeah. go go, Craig. I I don't, I don't either. Like it's baffling to me because they used to now, maybe some of that was by necessity. I mean, obviously that first year you didn't want to trot Bob Sutton's defense back out there. Now this defense is certainly better than any of those units that, that they played for. And you could argue that this is the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has ever played with, but that doesn't mean that you need to change the strategy here. Like you want the ball in Mahomes' hands as much as possible. If that means you let him score at the end of the, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter there to give it back to Mahomes, then you do that. That means you don't run as much. You don't pound the rock as much. And maybe you shorten up the game a little bit. You do that because he's special. He makes crazy stuff happen when he's got the ball in his hands. I mean, look at that first half. You didn't want to take the ball out of his hands in that first half. Why do you do it in the second half?
2: One of those QB sneaks, I actively watched Tershawn Wharton put both of his hands on Joe Burrow's chest and drive him back from getting in the end zone. I would—I was praying that when I saw his hands latch on that he was just going to pull him backwards <laughs> on top of him into the end zone, and he did not. I was so upset, and I get it. He's trying to stop a touch, and I really do understand being out there how it's really hard. I just think the coaching point after they pick up the third and inches has to be the Bengals score on this next play. They, that has to I just I feel a lot more comfortable trusting Mahomes and I trust having the opposing kicker miss a field goal or the opposing coach do some kind of weird go for it on fourth down thirteen times because of penalties or whatever the Bengals were doing. Just let them score. Like I, Wharton could have easily let him score, and it's not his fault. It should have been told to him that they need to let them score.
1: The play calling by the Bengals at the one inch line was so bad. Like, why are they going, like, they were, like, going gun, and, like, I don't know what they were doing trying to throw the ball at the one-inch line three times. Because, like, they kept just lying. It was just, it was horrendous. I'm sorry. There's that. That drove me nuts. I'll just say this about Andy. I don't think this is that new. I don't think it has anything to do with Mahomes. I think this has everything to do with, him trying to manage the game and get out of there showing as little as he possibly can, which is why I said, like we kind of felt the vibe of the first two drives of the second half felt different because they 100% unequivocally were They were sitting on a four point lead. When they got this, what they got the ball back, they had a four point lead the second time that they had the football. It is absolutely a game management situation. And I think we've seen this before. This is not the, – the Chiefs exploding in the first half and then sitting on the football and maybe managing the game a little bit is not new. It's not a Mahomes thing. It's an Andy thing. It's always been an Andy thing. And we saw it against – I think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. The Chiefs went mm-hmm. nuclear on them for 30 minutes, and then they didn't do anything in the second half. They kind of just sat on the football, managed the game on the way out and kind of kept it close. But this has been the, this has been how the Chiefs have won some of these games. This is historically how the Chiefs have won some of these games. Well, they got out to an early lead, they exploded on offense, they flexed their muscles, and then they won by 3. It's just finally coming back to Biden. And Andy's probably got some pretty good instincts on managing some of these games because he's had a lot of success doing it. And maybe the out of his control factors, aka the oh, horrendous officiating really affected the outcome of that game and how he but that's what happens when you live on the margins. Like he never steps on people's throats ever. They never step on people's throats. It was always closer than it needs to be. They play so many fake close games, and this fake close game came back to bite them. Not to absolve them entirely, but it—that's on Andy too. And and it is it is three? The last three minutes of the game was horrendously officiated too. We'll talk about the defense in a second. I want to talk. I want to pause real quick for some wholesome content. We're going to pause for some wholesome content real quick. Is that okay, boys? Okay, sure. great. Sure. All right, I want to congratulate my friend Joshua Briscoe on getting engaged this weekend. Hey, <laughs> It was wonderful to see that. And it was wonderful to see that our dear pal took my advice and went to Ruback Fine Jewelry. Our dear pals at Ruback Fine Jewelry, uh, I've been, you know, I've been, I'm have telling you, when I, when I say that I've been telling my friends where to go when they're looking for their engagement ring, I'm not joking. You weren't I lying. Just, I, I ain't lying. I just couldn't tell you all. The friends. And one of the friends was Josh Briscoe. So, uh, Josh, I'm sure Josh had a wonderful experience because everyone has a wonderful experience when they go to Ruback Fine Jewelry. Go set an appointment with Hal if you're looking for an engagement ring. He is going to give you his undivided attention. He's going to tell you as little or as much about the ring buying experiences you want to know. He's going to stay within the budget that you set for him. He's not going to try to push you to do more. And you're going to get a custom ring out of it. It's going to be a wonderful experience. I promise you, you will not regret it. Josh didn't regret it. I'm sure. I'm gonna have to ask him. Maybe I can just like I'm gonna get him on the show or something just to ask him. But <laughs> go to ruback.co Co. Uh, and set an appointment with Hal. You won't regret it. Go. That's how you. That's how you're gonna be able to do it. Just go. Go and set an appointment online. Promise you, it's gonna be a stress-free ring buying experience. Do you know what wasn't stress-free, guys? Oh, I know. I trust me. I know. Where <laughs> <laughs> do? Where do we start with the defense? I don't. What do you want to go? i, want, I want, Craig, Craig's ready. Craig's yeah, ready.
3: I am. Go. Uh, I'm going to start with some positives. Um, no. Chris Jones was, was a great, was, he was great on the interior. Yeah. He really was. Uh, he, he had a terrific game. Turk Wharton had a pretty good game as well. That's about it um <laughs> the rest, <laughs> the rest of the it. <laughs> defense struggled it, it was either a, a roller coaster where they had some good moments and then they had some bad moments or they were just largely bad in you know namely the guy that everybody wants off the field dan sorensen right now um dan sorensen played 30 snaps and i think everybody remembers most of those snaps unfortunately the chiefs ran a lot of two read coverage against this Bengals offense. And if you go back and you, you watch the, or listen to the game preview that Maddie and I did. um, Now real quick, Craig, what is two read coverage? Two read coverage is basically like a two man coverage where underneath, if there is an, outbreaking route, essentially the cornerback that's out there has a zone turn. He opens up, he's reading with his, you know, uh, he's reading the outside receiver with his periphery and he's reading through the quarterback to the second receiver. If he sees the second receiver with an outbreaking route that would typically go underneath him in man coverage, he switches and passes the vertical route off to the deep safety. Everybody saw that happen with the giant touchdown to Jamar Chase, where Dan Sorensen did not get over the top of that route. Now they had adjusted the depth on, you know what he has to read because if the number two goes vertical, Dan Sorensen has to take that. So they adjusted the depth of it, obviously. And it was really difficult for him to stay on top of like that's, But, but he didn't, that was the point. He didn't ran a (laughs) lot of two read coverage and uh, the Bengals were able to kind of look at that and see, Hey, We can play our offense, like Maddie and I talked about, that's basically just our dudes are going to go out there and win. You know, win these 50-50 balls. We're going to be better than your guys on the outside. Spagnola wanted to force throws to the boundary. That's what he has done the entire time he's played in Kansas City, is forcing low-percentage throws to the boundary. It's basically like playing the analytics here, where you're just – you're saying, listen, if we're going to allow these throws, they're going to be the lowest percentage throws that they can possibly attempt. That's what Spagnolo did. Jamar Chase went God mode on the outside. They played an offense where they said, our dudes are better than yours. And guess what? That dude was better than them. And unfortunately, they didn't come off that two-read coverage. They didn't try and help out their guys on the outside. It didn't matter if it was a blitz or not. They didn't offer enough help to those guys on the outside, and you saw what happened in the second half when Joe Burrow just went, you know what? He's down there, and I'm going to trust him to go up and get that ball. Now, not very many receivers are going to be able to vacuum it in like Jamar Chase did, so it's not like it's a bad strategy for Steve Spagnuolo. It's obviously worked for him for years now, but his inability to change and move off of that two-read coverage was ultimately the downfall because it just allowed so much stuff to get down the field.
2: So let's, let's talk about why they would be running to read so much. And I like Craig mentioned, it kind of goes back a little bit to what we talked about in the game preview. This Bengals offense isn't particularly nuanced. It's a lot of our guys are better than yours, so we're going to let them be better than your guys. And so what they would do, they would line up with a relatively wide split on their outside receiver. They would not bunch the receivers up, and they would run, hey, guess what? An out route from their inside guy, and their outside guy ran a fade? or a post He the post was 100 always just to occupy somebody it was never an actual part of the progression that joe burrow went through so he didn't throw they, in the middle of the field at all all that,
1: all they did real quick real quick i'm sorry that like maddie you talked so much about how just like this like was just a boomer bust offense you've been talking about this all year oh my because their offense sucks It is literally – all it was, it was just throw the ball to Jamar Chase.
2: That was it. This has not happened yet. They had answers for everything else. This has not happened yet, but I will say this. If you want to know how this game went without watching it, you can literally listen to Craig and I's game preview. This is – we nailed this one 100% (laughs) when we went through it. Every single step of the way on how the Bengals would win – where the Chiefs would win, what the issues, like we nailed this word for word all the way through. And it's essentially, the Bengals said, my inside guy, if he runs, so get two receivers, my inside guy here, he's going to run outside every single time. My outside guy is going to run straight or he's going to run inside. That's it. That's all they did. And what kept happening is they had a lot of success running out routes from the slot. Jamar Chase's first big touchdown was an out route that the Chiefs did not play two read on. They were in quarters mm-hmm. coverage, probably because they were in a nickel and some form of they were in some form of zone. Sneed did not travel across the two receivers. He was over a tight end, didn't get that. But anyway, they, Jamar Chase ran an out route. They hit him. He then ran through every single person because nobody felt like tackling, scored a touchdown. From that moment on, anytime the Bengals were in two by two, it was two read. Any single time the Chiefs now, sometimes they played what is called cougar coverage, which means <laughs> the outside corner would. Act like he's gonna play man coverage. He would turn his back to the ball, then turn around and try to cut an out route. They did that to the the Yuzuma, tied in, tried to cut an out route. They Charverio's Ward walloped him as Tyron Matthew drove on the ball because they were trying to trap him. The Bengals saw that. They said, hey, next time we're just gonna launch it deep to Jamar Chase, and that's where you got the touchdown. So they were playing to read because the Bengals had success attacking the space towards the sideline. They were having success taking their slot receivers with their tight ends and running to space. Guess who else got beat on one of those two? Dan Sorensen got beat on one of those out routes. <laughs> so that, that's why they were playing two recovers. That's how come that Sorensen touchdown happened. Now, this brings up my question. Why didn't the Chiefs cone or bracket Jamar Chase a single time? I get it. This is, I, I talked about it on Twitter today. That's not something Steve Spagnuolo does. He does not double team an outside receiver. That's just not in his wheelhouse. That's not something he normally does. He's seen that coverage before in his life. That's come across his desk before. Why did he not try it a single time? I don't know.
3: I don't know because here's the Was thing. That even if, Was that even if even if Joe Burrow is going to throw it up anyway, like you know, because like he said, effort. Do you know he Jamar's down there somewhere. Joe Burrow is still a very calculated quarterback, and if he sees that safety rolling over, if he sees that vertical bracket or you know, whatever kind of bracket they're going to put on Jamar Chase, he's going to go, cool, one of my other very good receivers is open. He's going to move off of Jamar Chase. You're going to play more into what the Chiefs do better in that scenario. It 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 is baffling to me. It has been baffling to me for three years now. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's been baffling all along when the Chiefs see these stud receivers they don't like you see how it happens against the Chargers. Like you see what it happened against, you know, DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. Like it you see, these guys just it, he puts a lot of trust in those cornerbacks, and that's a tough ask for the guys that they've got out there to stand up and try and wall off against what's what's inevitably coming.
2: We should talk about that next then too.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Kent, you can jump in here though. I see you
1: see you. This wheel's turning. Well, I was just <laughs> thinking about the outside corners and oh okay yeah that's <laughs> I just go for it. I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry I just like I was I just you know like we 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 talk about like literally there's like one like we, we talk about these low percentage throws all the time and like you want to give credit for for the for the Bengals hitting hitting throws on the outside and Jamar Chase just was just I, it was insane like it was one of the most insane performances I've ever seen oh, in my he entire was life awesome
3: he was so awesome! My goodness, oh. I'm not
1: going to slight Joe Burrow. Those throws were oh yeah, those were, right oh, yeah, those
3: were great U2 too. Me. Yeah, I'm, I'm Except not going to
1: slight him. I mean, I yeah, but like it wasn't a complete performance the same way. Like I'm, I am not, I'm not a fan of what we're going to hear in the the narrative we're going to hear about the Burrow versus Mahomes performance because Joe Burrow's performance was fueled more than half of his yards on fade routes, and yeah, credit to throwing the fades, but there was a more complete performance in more areas of the field with more. You know, with levels of difficulty from Mahomes, I know fades are a low percentage throw. They are not to Jamar Chase. <laughs> they are not, and nah. and like I mean, just credit to him for for making. I, I I was more. I guess what I'm saying is, I was more impressed with Jamar Chase than I was with Joe Burrow yesterday. I'm just gonna say that. I think that's fair. But and I think
2: this is going back to I want to talk about these outside corners because we talked a lot leading into this, going into this year, that the cornerback is a position of need. I still have people now that are asking me, you know, edge and wide receiver, the Chiefs two needs in the first round. Like those are the number ones, like, ah, cornerback. And then everybody always fires back with Charvarius Ward is because he's a free agent, right? And I'm like, no, it's even if they keep Charvarius Ward, I think they need a true number one corner because I think you saw in this game that Charverius Ward's biggest issue up until this season, which he had been great this year, great this year at playing the ball vertically, that's still not a strong suit. And I think you can see it in this game. Like maybe it was a lack of being challenged this year. I think there has been some improvement. He's definitely playing his best year at cornerback right now. But you watch back, I watched back in some of these Chase catches down the sideline. Yes, he's his body is in the correct position to defend them, but he's not. He's not actually in a position to really defend the ball outside of the one that he got his hand on. There's so much space to the sideline. You look at most of these throws, Jamar Chase has a good two to three yards between him and the sideline to still work with because Tarverius Ward didn't get the jam on, didn't squeeze out the sideline enough. You look at a lot of them, Jamar Chase is turning to find the football, and Charverius Ward's still trying to fight into his chest because Jamar Chase has stacked him and put him on his back. Now Jamar Chase is leaning on him. He's controlling the tempo of everything about the play. He's the one that can react to the ball because Charverius Ward's just – he's in the right spot. He's just slightly out of position to actually make a play on the football. I think you even saw it a couple times when he did try to turn. His feet got crossed up, and Jamar Chase was easily able to move him out of the way. Now, I know people are going to cry about offensive pass interference. I went back and watched these. I didn't see offensive pass interference. I saw a strong receiver just be better than a cornerback downfield. I just saw them fighting, getting with the chicken wing. He was getting his arm up under Charvarius Wards and moving his out of the way while he went up to reach for it. I just think Jamar Chase played the football significantly better all the way from the release to the catch point. That's an issue. And don't, Rashad Fenton just looked outmatched. Rashad Fenton's had a great year. He just looked out of his element playing against T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase on the outside. Cornerback is 100% a need for this team. If the Chargers, if the Bengals, if you get to the NFC and you play the Packers or you play the Buccaneers, any of those teams are going to throw that ball up to their outside receivers. I guess Tampa's down to just Mike Evans. But they're going to throw the ball to their receivers on the outside and say, you guys can't defend this for a whole game. We've seen it. And I I don't know if the Chiefs have an answer for it if they're not going to adjust their
3: coverage and you know that's not to say that Steve Spagnuolo won't witness this performance and say hey look like we <laughs> we got to do something against this if we're going to see this in the future maybe a little more uh, a little more willing to switch off of that and go forward guys i want to i want to move to another part cuz we we're, we're focusing on just the corners here i want to move to not the thing that everybody is going to talk about this week i want to talk about missed tackles the mm. chiefs had 7 and I counted them seven plays that just on Jamar have been, Chase's touchdown, right? Just on no the first touchdown. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Seven plays that should have gone for negative yardage if the Chiefs would have wrapped up and tackled some sacks that they missed that went for positive yardage, some run blitzes where uh, Joe Mixon was able to juke the linebacker out of their shorts in the backfield there, some bubble screens out on the outside. Heck, even the one that LeJarrius Need got called for hitting too hard on the sideline, that's one that he was closing on and was going to meet him in the backfield and didn't, and it extended, and so he was behind Jamar Chase a little bit, had to drag him down ended up with that. So this is, this seven plays, this is what this defense has kind of prided themselves on over the past, you know, eight weeks, creating negative plays, staying ahead of the sticks. Other than the Chargers game where they were missing you know, several of their best defenders, they have largely done that. And they've been able to get into the time. They've been able to dial stuff up that has really benefited them. Instead, they missed out on so many of these. Like the, the Bengals were just barely skating by. On a lot of these sets of downs, one negative play makes a massive difference, and they missed seven tackles. Seven. And I realize Burrow's hard to bring down. Jamar Chase is ridiculously hard to bring down. I get it. Like, I mean, I understand why on some of these. But when you miss seven tackles that could have gone for negative yardage, like, you're just you're throwing away series of downs at that point you just really are throwing away series of downs so that was a massive problem for this chiefs defense all day long
2: well conversely tyree kill and travis kelsey the two best yak players for the chiefs i feel like they went down to first contact every single time this game and not i'm not like knocking them directly for that it just it wasn't like it was something with the field with the web whatever it happened to be just the Chiefs' skill players weren't making guys miss at the same level the Bengals' guys were. There was a couple times that Hill caught the ball in the middle of the field, and instead of being able to make someone miss, he just eventually got corralled. And Travis Kelsey, there was one where Jesse Bates speared him right in the thigh where he could have ran for a first down. All he had to do was just bounce off that tackler and make a miss. Jesse Bates, who isn't a good tackler at all, came up and was able to bring him down in the open field, just one-on-one. It's just, it just happened to be the Bengals, Bengals' tackled a lot better in this game. besides so against the run. I don't know what they were doing against the run. That was bad.
1: I am determined to end this show in under an hour, so let's go ahead and get to stickers, slaps,
3: and spirits. Oh wait as, a minute! As we wait talk a about Spagnola. We haven't even talked about third and twenty-seven. How are we oh, going to get out of this man. without talking about third and twenty-seven? All right, Craig, we, we got three minutes and
2: twenty-seven seconds to talk okay. about this play.
3: Real quick, third and twenty-seven. We already talked about it. The two, you know, that cover zero blitz. It's happening on third down. They allow a thirty-yard game to the outside. I went back and looked at Steve Spagnuolo's numbers and what he has done on third and 11 plus over his past three years in Kansas City. 16% of the time he has sent a blitz. That is the first time that he has ever gotten beat sending a blitz on third and ultra long. Now, I'm not going to argue that he shouldn't, you know, that that he should have blitzed there. He shouldn't have. They should have kept a lid on this thing. I get what he was trying to do. He's trying to create a negative play, trying to force them to punt rather than taking the field goal. In you have Patrick
2: Mahomes. You don't need yes. a negative play.
3: Exactly. In retrospect, you allow him to dump it off underneath, kick the field goal, and then you live to fight another day with Patrick Mahomes. That's absolutely the right call. But this is the first time that he has allowed one on a blitz. That is outrageous. Like it really is outrageous. And on a day where Steve Spagnolo, when blitzing got pressure on 91% of the times that he blitzed 91. So when we talk about the blitz working, it was ultra working before that ultra play, <laughs> the Bengals had just five yards per attempt against the chiefs blitz so it's not like they were just loading up and throwing deep to jamar chase against the blitz all game long the blitz was working they were keeping everything underneath i get what he was doing you still have to offer You guys some help over the top keep a shell on it live to fight another day i'll let you guys talk about third and 27 i just did the work on all of that stuff so i wanted to get that information to the podcast
2: That's the only play about this game that actively upsets me that and actually the chiefs third down choke in the red zone. Uh, I think both of those are just very poor. You were mad about that one. Both of them. I think those are, I think both of those are just complete bad coaching decisions. Very bad situational coaching by Andy Reid And then Steve Spagnuolo, because the the fourth, we already talked about the third down for the chiefs, but this one, you just got to get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if they pick up 15 yards in this play. That's a long field goal by a rookie kicker up in Cincinnati at that point in time, even if he makes it, the Chiefs have two timeouts, the two win. minutes to get K field goal. Don't care. That's what you're playing for. 100%. That is what you're playing for. Steve Spagnuolo not understanding that, whether that's coming from Andy, whether that's himself, that's bad situational football right there. That said, I get what Steve Spagnuolo is trying to do with the cover zero blitz. I get the concept. If you want to tell me it was third and six, and that's what he was doing. 100% on board. I think that's fine. That play Terrible, 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 terrible decision, especially because up to that point, I believe the Bengals were five for six on throwing the ball outside the numbers against the receivers. They were five for six throwing the ball over 20 yards to their outside, outside the numbers. Quit for playing 500 fire. yards. Just quit. Like, yeah, just, that was bad. It was bad. It was all bad. <laughs> I get the concept, just bad. And that was, that's one of the two plays that actively made me mad about the game.
1: I'm going to say it right here. The Chiefs will bop the Cincinnati Bengals if they see <laughs> them in the playoffs. Believe that. Uh, this game actually kind of reminds me of the Titans loss, the last loss of the chiefs Super Bowl season. This is the kind of vibe that we had from that loss game. You had no business giving away some frustrations with some, how some things gone, some things that you thought you had fixed some confidence you had. And then, then they blew it. Uh, eventually the, the Miami dolphins gave them a miracle in the last week of the season. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Stickers, slaps, and spirits is the new name for this segment as dubbed by Michael Fila. Shout out to Michael for an outstanding uh, an outstanding idea. So, stickers, slaps, and spirits. I'm giving a helmet sticker to Joe Tooney for an outstanding performance at Left Tackle. We got 20 minutes into the show. We weren't, weren't even mentioning him, and that's a credit to him and how well he performed. That's where my sticker's going. Butt slap. Where are we going, Matty? Uh
2: a solid cupped one-handed butt slap to McCole Hardman. I think he had a pretty good game. He had a nice punt return. He hit the uh post corner kind of route on the Wasp play, which he made a nice catch on. He tracked the ball well, pulled that one off. It's like one of his better performances in a while, which I know I only listed two plays, so that kind of says something. But it played a big part in the Chiefs first half offensive success. Like he did act, act played an active role in this Chiefs success. You could make the point that he was the Chiefs second best receiver for much of the game. I still might give it to Pringle, but you can at least make an argument for the first time in a while that McCall Harden was up there. So, you know, good job. Good job,
3: McCall. Whole ass bottle of vodka. Not to Kent so that he chills out. That's a great one, Michael Denny. Whole ass bottle of vodka to Nick Allegretti. That's tough. That's a tough assignment to stick in there and have to play left guard, not just cold off the bench, but when you've got a replacement left tackle on your outside as well. And the Chiefs, dialed up a whole bunch of gap schemes and he executed it well, really blew some stuff open. I know we talked about the run game and how we didn't love how conservative it got. It was still effective. And that was nice to see. And so whole ass bottle of vodka to Nick Allegretti for stepping in there and owning that role.
1: Well, that is going to do it for the Casey laboratory Boom, under 60 minutes. No, Ken, let's I'm going to know
2: you. I know what you're
1: trying to let's do. We're go. like, we made it look at the timer. Time We're in. there. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening, watching. Make sure you subscribe to the KCSN YouTube channel, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please leave a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, anywhere. We appreciate you, and we will catch you later with the Game Preview. This is the
0: story of the one.